Final segment here on the high school huddle. Welcome back. Phil Nichols, Casey Porter, Chris Evans with you as we dissect the final game of the state championship on Saturday. It'll be the final game of the season. And my, oh my, what a good one it will be. Uh, it appears to be that way anyway. It's a rematch of earlier this season between Cashin and Thomas Faye Custer. Cashin won the earlier meeting. Seemed like it was two years ago. Uh, but Cashin won that game 28-7. to And it promises to be a fun Class A state championship game on Saturday night, 7 o'clock at the University of Central Oklahoma. Of course, uh, Cashin had the, uh, the game that Phil predicted. He predicted a 7-6 ball game. Uh, he put a lot of defense. He said a lot of defense on the field that night, boys. The, I know Pahuska scores 90 points a game and Cashin scores 91 points a game. Yeah. But look for the defense to really take over. And, boy, you were right, Phil. Well, thanks for the teeing that up for me, Chris. I mean, I you know I put a lot of homework into that and broke down a lot of film. And I, I think I even said that Pahuska could be inside the 15 three times and wouldn't score. So, I mean, I was yeah. dead on, dead <laughs> on the other night. But, but, no, I, I don't think there was a – I don't think there's a, a person that's followed either one of these teams that ever dreamed Pahuska cash would end seven six, but but um, you know this week you know uh, as you alluded to that this is a rematch and that brings all the stuff that everybody likes to say that are, that that's really involved in high school football how it's tough to beat a team twice in the same year. Of course, I always say yeah unless you're actually really better than the other team and then it's not quite as tough. But but I think there's, you know, going into this ball game, I think most people had Ringling and Cashin throughout the year, one mm-hmm. and two, you know, in a rematch course, of last year's uh, state title. Rematch of last year's state title, and I thought that I think a lot of people thought that's how it would probably end up. Of course, everybody was saying, "Well, hold on, these are two." These are two great semifinals games, and boy, were we right! We were surprised by the by the Pahuska uh, cash and score, and and that was a pick'em game, just like the Ringling Thomas game was, which I believe ended twenty was it twenty eight twenty seven or twenty seven twenty six? Yeah, twenty eight twenty seven. It was a one point. Yeah, twenty eight twenty seven. Um, so uh, this is what you would expect if you're the cash and fans. You got to be sitting there going, "Okay, please God." Don't do this to us again. We've been here so many times. We've been close so many times. You know, it's just you know, and 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 I think that you know that you know, you got to be telling yourself, okay, this has to be the year. This is that we got a rematch with the team that we beat by three touchdowns to beginning of the season. You know, everything's kind of fallen in that that way. They've kind of been a a, de- a team that's had a little bit of fairy dust sprinkled on them. Just kind of everything goes their way. It seems like. When they're down, they find a way to come back and win. Um, a lot of a lot of off the field stuff that's really galvanized the community with the unfortunate passing of assistant coach Cochran's wife while delivering their, their beautiful baby this year earlier in the in the in the, uh, or late in the summer. Um, so just all the things that kind of end where it just feels like if you're cashing that it has to end with us getting our the gold ball right. And 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 but then you go okay, well that game was weak. What it was early in the season, three or four. Been a lot of yeah. football. Been a lot of football played between now and then. Uh, this 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 Thomas team just beat the defending state undefeated champs, which had to have had what a twenty a twenty some game winning streak going um, on the road. On the road, <laughs> so you know it's it's Got shaping up to be one of those, twice. 
Yeah, it's shaping up to be one of those games that obviously anything could happen and probably will. Um, I I look for it to be one of the absolute best games of the entire championships uh, weekends over the last three weeks. Um, should be an incredible way to put a bow on the 2020 state championship games. And, and Casey, before we get to the state championship game, what it's um, uh, always fun to have – uh, look at the final four teams, the two state semifinal games, how competitive those were. Uh, you don't get that in every class. You get, especially in B and C, and then uh, there were some blowouts in 2A. But uh, these two games really lived up to the hype. It's the four teams that we thought that could be there, and they did get there. And uh, what, what, what semifinal games we had? Yeah, no doubt about it. When you look at last weekend, uh, it, it was two points between the two games. Yeah, yeah. That was the difference yeah. in the two games. And then if you go back to the the uh, quarterfinal game that Thomas had, they won that game by one point as well. So they've won their last two games by one point. And, you know, so that's a team that, well, you talk about just tough as nails. I mean, they, they are, they have been uh, trained how to play close games. They do not panic. When you go on the road to the defending state champions, and I, as crazy as this sounds, just simply describing Ringling as defending state champions is almost an insult to them because they've been defending state champions a million different times during their <laughs> program's career, correct? So to just yeah, put it down yeah. into singular terms, almost, I mean, that doesn't do justice for them. To go into Ringling, get down 13 to nothing, okay? Kind of recover a little bit, score a touchdown 13 to 7, and then go down 20 to 7, in the second half and come back and win that game on the road. That's all you need to know about Thomas. Faye Custer. Let me put the Faye Custer. Yes. Chris. Let yes. me put the Faye Custer there. Right. That's all you need to know about them. Having said that, if you look at the other side of that, Cashin. You know how many games Cashin's played this year? The max. 15. Yeah. 15 games. You know how many times they've scored over 40? I'm going to guess uh, 13. 13, okay. 13 games. Okay. And last weekend was one of them that they didn't. And, you know, I, I know that the seven to six score looks like there was a lot of defense played last week, but Bryce Drummond and Fahuska had, I guarantee you, 500 and some odd yards in that game. And Cashin just did a perfect job. They had that little three man line and eight men in the secondary where they, they had the Malik Gibson. Receiver for Pahuska double covered all day. So literally they were in the mother of all uh, what you call uh, uh, bend but don't break defenses, if, if you will, and let Pahuska get down to about the, the 10, 15-yard line. They knew Pahuska doesn't kick field goals. Pahuska doesn't even punt, okay? So <laughs> they knew that the kicking game was not going to win that game for Pahuska. So they knew once the Pahuska got down to about the 15, 20-yard line in the scoring zone, all they had to do was tighten up at that point, which Cashin came up with five or six blitzes at the absolute perfect time to get Pahuska behind the chains when Pahuska was at, say, the 15-yard line on second and six or at the nine-yard line. Pahuska had a chance to score inside the 10-yard line at the end of the first half and then their first possession of the second half to go up two scores. And when they couldn't do it, and then when they didn't get the two-point conversion after their touchdown, they didn't even try to kick the extra point. 
you kind of knew that by them not going up two scores and leaving Cashin around, that at some point, as good of a program as Coach Shackelford has, as good of coaches as Cashin has, with Ben Howard and Harrell at running back, you knew that Cashin was going to punch through the door at some point. That was a game that I will promise you, you know, you talk about Cashin going, whew, this has got to be our year. We finally made it. Kind of like Carl Albert in the semifinals when they went to Collinsville, I will promise you Cashin left Pahuska, Osage County last weekend, so relieved that that game is over with and they're still playing that they can't see straight. Your reward is a Thomas Faye Custer team, one of the most legendary programs in the state of Oklahoma that just went on the road, got down two touchdowns twice, came back and defeat the the defending state champions in Ringling. So here's the question. Which team is going to be able to emotionally recover from what happened last week the best? Uh, and so it's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, you know, the, 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 the quarterback for cash and uh, Ben Howard, fun kid to watch. They don't throw the ball a whole lot, but I'll tell you what, he can throw the ball, but it's whenever they want to throw it. Does that make sense to you? So they can pretty much do whatever they want offensively. They've scored 40 points or more 13 times out of the 15 games they've played. This is going to be a tall uh, tall chore for Thomas Faye Custer. Yeah, Thomas Faye Custer, again, uh, losing to Cash and Earl this year, 28-7. Coach Ward, well, a great coaching matchup, Coach Ward versus Coach Shackleford. And I believe Coach Ward's son, uh, the quarterback, uh, a young quarterback, uh, playing that game, but he's had – I don't know, eight, nine, ten more games to play since then. So he, I'm sure the maturity factor has gotten a lot better for him. As, uh, again, you look at this uh, strong program behind Thomas, ten state championships, their last state championship coming in 2014. Then you look at the Cash and Wildcats, uh, three state championships, 77, 79, and 81. They've been there so close, as Phil alluded to. Does, you know, the close game last week, Getting back to the state championship, is this something that the youth, the cash and players have been looking for and we can't, we got to get there? Or do you go, oh, here we are again. We're good, but we're not, we're not lucky. Does that, is, is that, you know, does any of that mind games come in? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think maybe more for the adults that are attached right, to the right. program. Yeah, yeah, right. the kids. <laughs> right. the, you know, I mean, I think, I think the kids, the kid, I, if, if I, if we could have been flies on the wall on the bus ride back, I guarantee you cash had got on there and they didn't think they got lucky. They got on there and they said, man, we played terrible. That's the worst game we played. And we still found a way to beat Pahuska. I mean, I, I think that's how kids think. Yeah. I think, I think these, <laughs> I think these kids are, I think these, you know, you talk about the Harmon kid at quarterback. I mean, you know, it's in the bloodline over there, evidently being a Harmon and being a quarterback at Cashin. And, and you know, I, I just – I don't think that the, these Cashin kids are overwhelmed by this moment one iota. I think, I think if anything, they're hungry. They're, they're, they're probably playing with a, with a pretty big chip on their shoulder like they have been most of the year. Um, I think thinking that they – should have won the state title last year over Ringling. Um, so I think I think this is a day they've been looking forward to. They're anxious to get on the field, and we'll see what happens. I think, if anything, the hangover is more likely because of the way the game, coming back mm-hmm. from behind, doing it that way to win by one. I think if there's a team that's more likely to have a little bit of a hangover, I think it's Thomas. I think because the, just the way it went down, you know, I mean, it was – 
It was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you go on the road, playing the defending state championship, down two touchdowns. That that that's such, a, and you come back and win. That's such an emotional high. You know, it's almost like they had their championship week last week, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, I'm not saying that's that's how the Thomas kids feel at all. I don't know any of the Thomas kids. Um, but I think if there was a scenario where one team might be feeling the way you described, I think it might be the Thomas kids more so than the Cash. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to look at that. Of course, the best player. Two on guys, the before you go on, that was the second week in a row they had won by one point. So double yeah. time that, the, the sentiment that you're talking about. Yeah, beat Pawnee the week yeah. before, uh, Tonquil yeah. the week before, uh, and their run to the uh, state championship game. But uh, the best player on the field as far as next level, uh, Aiden Kelly, defensive lineman, he's committed to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So uh, he'll be the best player. Everyone will be watching him. But uh, I, I gotta be, I got to be honest, I, I'm looking forward to watching that cash and offense against Kelly. Well, yeah, they can no do. doubt. Well, and I think, and I think to that point, I think what we were just discussing, guys, I think the cashing kids are are probably furious with themselves that they somehow only scored seven points. I mean, this is a group of kids. Casey said it earlier. Thirteen of the fifteen ball games have been over forty points. They have an expectation that they're going to put up at least thirty-five, forty <laughs> yeah. points a game. You know, I mean, and so they're probably madder than Haiti at themselves, and probably feel like they did they didn't play their best football. So I think those kids are going to come out feeling like they got something to prove after last week's game. And so it'll, it'll be interesting, but two great high school football teams, two, two great traditions, two great coaching staffs. I can't think of a better way to put a bow on the year than that ball game being the final game of the season. Can you imagine Aiden Kelly tackling Ben Harmon and and Harold and all the running backs for cash? That's going to be a fun game to watch. It might take oh, a couple. It might take a couple of Wildcats offensive linemen to maybe keep him intact a little. If you can do that, yeah. so we'll see. We'll see the strategy yeah. there. I, I do know. I. It, I you know, Thomas lost to him earlier, 28-7. I don't think Thomas comes into this game intimidated at all. Uh, that game three four weeks ago, we've had 10, 11 no. weeks of football to get better, and uh, we're looking forward to this opportunity uh, of well, winning our 11th state title. Well, Thomas Fay Custer, just... I'll let you finish this, Phil, but Thomas Fay Custer does not know what the word intimidation means. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we were covering a game in the past, Chris, and we saw a team just get the wood laid to him. And then we saw some text messages. I mean, five minutes after the game, the kids that just got absolutely destroyed were rattling off all the reasons why they were better than the team that just beat them by five touchdowns, Yeah. right? I mean, kids this age do not look at it that way. They don't believe it. They That's one of the beautiful things about high school sports is the kids that are dissipating, they don't believe in all this stuff. They, they truly believe that they're mm -hmm. going to win every game they ever play. It was that way when we played sports. It's always been that way. You don't ever go into a game assuming you're going to not win. Right. I mean, the, the thought of that's crazy. And so it's, it's uh, you know, I, I mean, high school sports for me is the greatest level of sports in the entire world because it's pure and the people participating truly they, they still have dreams and aspirations and they're trying to work towards something and they're trying to accomplish something that's with their lifelong buddy, especially these kids from, you know, Cashin or from Thomas mm -hmm. or from, you know, the Pahuskas of the world. I mean, these are kids that all have grown up together for the most part. I mean, they, they started kindergarten or preschool together, right? They've met mm -hmm. a couple times. So they're, they're so they're, they are extremely close. And this is an opportunity for these kids in their minds 
there's never been a bigger bigger deal in their lives than what they're going to experience Saturday. So you know, a lot of pressure, but a lot of excitement for, for both clubs. And I think it's going to be a great ball game. No, no, the, no Hey, Phil, the, I got to ask you. I got um, one question. Yeah, yeah. If your running back is also your middle linebacker, is that just <laughs> right up your alley? <laughs> well. Caden Harrell, six foot one, 225 pounds. Considering you just described me in high school, yes, that's right up my alley. I mean, that's that's yeah. the, yeah. you know, that's the. They didn't. That, they, I mean, go ahead, Chris. Well, they get didn't have face masks back out. then. Yeah, they didn't have face masks. <laughs> I know. That's the uh, one. Obvious. Uh, obvious. <laughs> obvious. But. But no, but but to me, I love that power of football. I love, I love it when you when you know that okay, they're going to go off tackle, and the defense knows it, and the offense knows it, the people selling the popcorn knows it, everybody knows it, and then it's just about who's the bigger old boy, who's going to step up and win that individual battle on that play, right? To me, that's great. That's great football. I know it's boring. I know. I know, you know, you know, I mean, I, I get all that. I know everybody loves to see the ball thrown and that's sexy and that's fun and everybody gets excited. But me being a purist, I love three yards and a cloud of dust mixed in with some snobber knocking tackles and, you know, and, and a yeah, and that's what may a big special teams play. If I can get those things in a football game, I'm going to go to bed a happy boy that night. Here's some real quick numbers. Ben Harmon. Two, 210 for 313 attempts, 4,000 passing yards, uh, 55 touchdowns to only 10 interceptions. And those numbers are awesome. And we'll have all those numbers on the uh, broadcast on Saturday. But I got to tell you, per- perhaps the most impressive number is Cashton has played, getting ready to play 16 games in a COVID mm-hmm. season. Unbelievable. Of those 15 games they played this year, Nine of them have been at home, so the uh, the concession stand has sold a lot of popcorn. Well, I don't know if you can sell yeah. popcorn or not because of the COVID deal, but yeah. they sold a, a lot year, of box candy. Yeah, that's a good that's year a, for Gate. I'll year. tell you, how, that's a good year for Gate. Tell you, I'll tell you how crazy it's been. Teams scrambling to play. You mentioned playing sixteen games. They actually played Stillwater JB. I mean, doing whatever they could just to get games in. And what, bumped them. One more number, Caden Harrell. You guys yeah. were just talking yeah. about him. Uh, 1,547 rushing yards, 28 touchdowns. He's only averaging 9.2 yards a carry, so that's almost a first down. Boy, are you, Phil? Yeah. Well, I mean, if he commits to some off-season training, he might get some decent numbers next year. But, but I think that you know, I think for me too, the the thing that's cool about this, and we talk about this, it's awesome when you have communities that are in these games because. If you if you want to see two ghost towns, go to Thomas and go to Cashin on Saturday night because there's not going to be anybody in town. They're all going to be at UCO, and and I mean it's just to me that's what makes high school football fun. You know, with no disrespect meant to the to like the you know the, the Carl Alberts of the world or the McGinnises, but always seems to be those kind of teams that really don't have a community feel to them. Very small attendance typically compared to the other games. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not getting on to them. It's just, you don't have, you don't bring the, the additional fans that you normally see in these community games. I mean, that where it's just, I mean, I think I've been getting, I've been getting called out on messages because we evidently weren't, didn't build up uh cashing well enough, uh, when we were doing the five, a game the other night, you know, and, and I smile when I get that because they're just all in. They love their Wildcats. They love their football team. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're committed to it. I, and I think that's awesome. 
Well, you know, we, so we see them at the football games. We're going to see a lot of 1977 Letterman jackets, 1979 Letterman jackets, 1981 Letterman jackets. They'll uh, they'll definitely be out there. But uh, again, uh, let's go one final time. Let's go over the uh, the schedule this week. Final weekend of high school football, uh, Class B football. Laverne will take on Dewar again at two o'clock at Northwestern Oklahoma State University in Alva. At the Class 2A state championship game will be at 1 o'clock. It'll be Metro Christian taking on Washington, that game at the University of Central Oklahoma. And then the final game of the season will be the Class A state championship game between Cashin and Thomas Fay Custer. 7 o'clock uh, will be the kickoff again at the University of Central Oklahoma.